2: up packer fans welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl appreciate you being here today we are inching closer and closer to the nfl draft and in doing so we're going to jump right into peter Skaronski. as i mentioned a prospect that i cannot wait to break down with you he is a 6'4 313 pound offensive lineman a junior out of northwestern he is only 21 years old he will turn 22 years old in July. He has a 9.31 RAS score at offensive tackle, and he's got a 9.90 RAS score at guard. He did not do the short shuttle, but did all the rest of the testing. So even at tackle, he's an elite athlete. At guard, he's an extremely elite athlete in the 99th percentile overall. Let's break down that athletic testing first at tackle, and then we'll go to guard. At tackle, he tested in the 11th percentile for height and the 63rd percentile for weight and the 92nd percentile for the bench press. 98th percentile for vert, 97th percentile for the broad jump, 76th percentile in the 40, 97th percentile in the 10 yard split on that 40 yard dash, and then 59th percentile in the three cone. Those were all of his testing, at, or same testing, but that's how he tested in comparison to the rest of the offensive tackles. At guard, if you put him at guard, he tested in the 63rd percentile for height. 65th percentile for weight, 87th percentile in the bench press, 99th percentile in vert, 98th percentile in broad jump, 83rd percentile in the 40-yard dash, 97th percentile in the 10-yard split, and 69th percentile in the three cone. As far as his productivity goes, these, these are per PFF, but in 2020, he had 348 pass block attempts with 17 pressures allowed, only two sacks and zero penalties. Next year he came back in 2021, 436 pass block attempts, 20 pressures allowed, only two sacks and three penalties. And then this past year, 474 pass block attempts, only six pressures, only six pressures in 474 pass block attempts, only one sack allowed. He did have his most penalties, but still only with five. An incredible season put together from a pass blocking standpoint. Overall, he's had 2,382 snaps in his three-year career, almost entirely at left tackle. Now, from a grading standpoint, per PFF, in 2020, he had 672 snaps with an 81.4 grade. In 2021, he had 828 snaps with an 83.8 grade. And in 2022, he had 882 snaps with an 89.5 grade. So he came in right away, 2020, 81.4 grade, starter at left tackle, 672 snaps. And every year, he played more snaps and he got better, 81.4 to 83.8 to 89.5. And the best part is that he graded out extremely well in pass protection and he graded out extremely well as a run blocker as well. So he has been a extremely well-rounded player through his three-year career at Northwestern in the Big Ten. Let's go over his positives like we always do for these players. First is that he has an incredibly quick first step and what that allows him to do and what like you know makes him so good in my opinion is his ability to make first contact and get to his spot before the defensive lineman or edge rusher gets to their spot. As I've talked about before, it's so incredibly important that you get to your spot, you get your hand engaged, and that you engage the defensive player before they get to their spot and they engage you. It's a lot of times a master of timing and it's whoever gets their hands on you first is going to win. And Peter Skaronski does a phenomenal job of having a quick first step, getting out of his stance, getting to his spot and then controlling the play from there on out, because he's just gonna beat the defender to where they wanna go, to where he wants to go, and he's gonna do it quicker than that defender is able to do it. And that just sets him up for success. And it's something he has been doing over and over through his three-year career at Northwestern. It's repeatable. It's something that's gonna work at the NFL level. And it's something that, um, you know, you, you can almost just set it and forget it at this point. He's so good at it. And getting to his spot is, like I said, one of his key superpowers as a player. I would also say that going into his first year as rookie year in the NFL, he is going to be one of the more technically sound offensive linemen that you will find in the NFL as a rookie. And that goes back however many years. You just don't find this, you know, many offensive linemen who have the technical skill set that Skaronsky has and is going to have ready-made when he comes into the NFL. And we know how important that is because in the NFL, we are seeing less and less practice time. We are seeing more scheme-related practices, making sure players are aware of the scheme and the checks and the audibles and all those things. And we are seeing less and less time on technique work and the ability to actually improve as a player. So the fact that Skoranski is going to come into the league so technically sound already, it's not to say he's perfect. It's not to say that he doesn't have things to work on. He absolutely does. But when you compare him to other rookies at the same position, he is far ahead of where most rookies will be when it comes to a technical standpoint. Uh, He may have legitimate five position versatility. He came into college as a center. He has played primarily at left tackle. Most think his best spot is going to be guard. And it would not shock me legitimately if he could play left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, and right tackle in the NFL. I think he's that technically sound. I think he's that athletically gifted. And I think he's that good of an offensive lineman where you could literally, like Elton Jenkins-esque, just put him in and he's going to find a way to block the person in front of him there are certain players, and Elton Jenkins is a great example of this, that it almost doesn't matter. You can just put them out there and say, hey, block the guy in front of you. And it doesn't matter if it's on the left side, the right side, tackle, guard, center. doesn't matter if he has to make the calls, if he's the one snapping the ball. It's just like, all right, I got to go block the guy in front of me. No worries. I'm going to get that job done. And like I said, Elton is such a great example of that. I think Skoransky has a very similar skill set. It is so hard to find that. So hard to find somebody that has that versatility. Sometimes they maybe have left or right versatility. Maybe they've got left tackle, left guard, or right tackle, right guard, but legitimately think Skaronski could probably play all five positions and play all five pretty darn well. He has a fantastic football IQ. He understands angles. He understands how to get to the second level. He understands where he wants to get to. And like I said, with that first step and that athleticism, he's more often than not able to get to his spot faster than the defensive lineman. He has a great mix of size and quickness. Now, not ideal size for an offensive tackle. We'll talk about more on that in just a moment. But overall, if you look at how he is built, how he wins, and his athleticism and quickness, the overall total package is there. And that's why he tested so well at both guard and tackle when it comes to relative athletic score. Uh, He is extremely competitive and he very much cares about the game. You can see his intensity, you can see his competitive nature, and you can see how much he cares when other players on his team does well. He has the perfect offensive lineman demeanor. He is setting other players up for success and you can tell he takes great joy in doing that. He has very active hands. His hand placement uh, can be a little bit better. That's something that he can work on at the NFL level. But overall, his hands stay active and he's just constantly fighting and battling the player across from him, finding a way to win. And even when he doesn't have everything go in his favor, more often than not, he's still finding a way to win the rep and make it successful, or at least that he's not losing the rep. And maybe it's just a neutral rep. That's okay. That's going to happen. But he loses very rarely when it comes to, you know, just facing defensive linemen. Rushers, etc., at a competitive level, uh, he wins the leverage battle more often than not. You see him get low, you see him win leverage, you see him win the pad level battle. That's when it all comes to being technically sound, and you see that with Skaronski over and over. And like I said, it is very repeatable for him. And if you're looking for one other positive, especially when it comes to a Packers standpoint. He is the grandson of former Packer, Bob Skaronski, So you love the bloodlines there and you love that he has some Packers heritage in his blood as well. As far as the negatives go, there's not a ton here. He does lack anchor and he needs to be a bit more physical at the point of attack. If you were to say, like, I don't, sometimes we talk about, is he a power player? Is he going to be somebody that you want more in a power game or is he more of a finesse player? I would say that Skaronski leans more on the finesse side, but it's not like he's not physical. It's not like he can't play with some power. It's not like he can't get players to the second level. I think all of those things are true, but where he struggles on the edge is with more of like a bull rush and his ability to anchor. He's going to need to put on some strength, whether he's at guard or tackle in the lower body to make sure he can anchor a little bit better. And he needs to be a little bit more physical at the point of attack. I wouldn't say he's somebody that has like a nasty demeanor. He's just a very sound offensive lineman that gets the job done more often than not. And that's fine. You don't have to be, you know, Richie Incognito or some, you know, jerk offensive lineman to be successful. I know we all like that demeanor sometimes for our offensive linemen, but. If you get the job done, whatever your demeanor is, it you know doesn't really matter all that much. Like Marco Rivera was one of the nicest guys in the league. He was a phenomenal guard year over year, right? So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be something. But I do think he can be a little bit more physical at the point of attack. And speaking of which, I would not classify him as a mauler either. If you're looking for that guy that's just gonna you know maul players, throw them to the ground, and be ultra physical, that's not him. And again, like I said, that's okay. That's not how you have to win. In fact, sometimes if you're just like a lot of times that's for show, like that's for like, I'm going to throw you to the ground. I'm going to pancake. Now, if you can throw a guy to the ground and pancake him, by all means, like do that when you can. But sometimes people are just doing that, almost trying to do that for show. And it can actually cost them when on the reps where they don't get players to the ground and don't pancake them. So I'd rather have somebody be technical sound, technically sound, and just do a really good job at doing their job than be showy and be like, I'm going to throw this guy to the ground and pancake him. Like I said, it's not a bad thing, but, um, like I said, I I just kind of prefer the the technician side of things. He will be uh, a little bit over aggressive and he will will overcommit at times. He'll try to get to the second level and maybe not, you know, block his initial man the way that he should. Like just some of those things will flash up on tape. But again, these are being super nitpicky for a guy that's very technically sound. And then last but not least is, I, I think there is a real legitimate thought that, well, it's great. He might have five position versatility. He probably is a guard, and probably a left guard. And that's probably his best spot. Now, if he's just a really great left guard, who cares? Like that, there's so much value in that. However, if he ultimately just ends up being a left guard, there the, the value diminishes a little bit. You know, and I, like I said, even if he is, let, let's just say they pencil him in at left guard and that's where he's gonna play, it doesn't mean he can't kick the center or tackle or right guard or wherever they need him in a pinch, but It ultimately does potentially diminish his value a little bit. If just ultimately at the end of the day, he's a left guard, that's where we're going to keep him and we're not going to play him anywhere else. So I think that's possible. I think it is possible that maybe he just can't totally cut it at the NFL level as a tackle and maybe you don't even mess with center. So you know his value could be diminished a little bit if that ends up being the case, but I do think he ultimately will have some versatility and you can move him around as needed. His ceiling as a guard is probably much higher than his ceiling as a tackle, but the fact that you can kick him to tackle and I think he can be an average tackle still gives him more value than just your normal guard as well.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
2: To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. As far as scheme fit, I do believe he is best as a left guard. He would fit fantastically in Green Bay's system. I have no concerns about that. And we know Green Bay will absolutely love his versatility. As far as a ceiling goes, I think his ceiling is Zach Martin slash Rashawn Slater ish. Uh, meaning really, 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 really good left guard when it comes to Zach Martin. Uh, We've seen Martin, obviously Slater, play some tackle as well. And I think that's the type of potential and versatility that he could have. The floor, I'm going to use another Packer for this one. I think Darren College. I think Darren College is probably his floor. Maybe he doesn't become quite as physical. Maybe the technical stuff doesn't carry over quite as well. If that's the case, I think he becomes a Darren College where he's a he's a starting guard that can maybe kick the tackle in a pinch, but he just doesn't end up being all that good. And you know, College had some good seasons. He had some bad seasons, but he's just probably up and down. I think that it, like if your floor as a player is is a former starting left guard in the NFL for a period, like a distinct period of time, a significant period of time. That's a pretty decent floor. I I just don't see a scenario where Skaronski is a total bust. Now, if you spend a top 15 pick on him and he becomes Darren college, that is a level of a bust. No question about it, but As far as floors go, like at worst case scenario, he's like a decent, uh, slightly below average left guard as like a worst case scenario. So the, the, the floor is still relatively high, all things considered. And as far as a comp goes, I think he's a slightly worse Rashawn Slater. Meaning that when Slater came out, we thought, will he be a guard? Will he be a tackle? I think Slater was just overall a better player. I think he was better as a tackle. I think he could, you know, would be better as a guard as well. But I, I think they're very, very close. And it wouldn't shock me if Skoronsky got to that level either. And like I said, I think he can become as a ceiling as a high end point the next Zach Martin or the next Rashawn Slater. I think that is legitimately within his capabilities of doing so, but I would say it's more likely he becomes, like I said, a slightly worse version of Rashawn Slater. What he would bring to Green Bay, tremendous versatility, and we know how much Green Bay values that. I think you would get a decade-long offensive lineman. I think he's going to play a long time in this league. I think you would get a potentially dominant interior guard. I think it would potentially give you the ability to move Elton Jenkins to center. And it would give you a very fun possibility of David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Skaronsky at left guard, Jenkins at center, John Runyon Jr. at right guard, and then you've got a right tackle competition that is Yash Nyman and Zach Tom, and may the best man win for the starting spot to begin the season. It would give you Zach Tom as a ultimate, let's just say Yash Nyman starts, you have Zach Tom as an ultimate five player player you know, positionless player that can come in off the bench and play any of your five positions. And then you would also have Josh Myers as a backup who can play center guard, you know, right or left guard, center, right guard. You know, you would also have, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you would have a, a variety. Royce Newman can play guard and tackle. And now all of a sudden you've got Skaronski who could potentially play five positions, Jenkins, who could potentially play five positions, Zach Tom, who could potentially play five positions. It's just going to give you, and like I said, Royce Newman's got versatility, um, Josh Myers has versatility. Runyon can play left or right. Nyman can play left tackle or right tackle. Like it's just going to give you so many different options. And as you go into next season, into 2024, let's say they move on from Bakhtiari due to his contract or maybe he has an injury setback. Let's say Yash Nyman moves on in free agency next year. Well, now you have Skoransky, Jenkins, and Zach Tom who you can move in a variety of different ways. You could, you know, put Skoransky at left tackle. Zach Tom at right tackle. You could put Tom at left tackle, Skaronsky at right tackle. You could use Elton Jenkins at left tackle, Skaronsky at right tackle, you know, maybe Zach Tom's inside. Like you could do so many different things. Even if you lose Yash. and even if you lose David Bakhtiari next season in 2024, you still have a ton of options where you can move these players. And you could theoretically have what? Like a Zach Tom left tackle, um, you know, Elton Jenkins left guard, Josh Meyer center. John Runyon Jr., right guard, and Peter Skaransky, right tackle. Like Even without your two top starters, you still have a starting caliber five in 2024 just with the guys that you have in your roster. And like I said, with that versatility, move Tom Jenkins, Skaransky around wherever you fit them best, and it's just going to give that entire offensive line crew a lot of versatility and a lot of options both this year. And next year and this year, I think Bakhtiari Skaronsky, Jenkins on the left side of the line could theoretically be the best left side of an offensive line in all of football. Is the value there at pick 15? Absolutely, unquestionably so. Now, Green Bay, whether they would do it or not, might depend if they think he can legitimately be a tackle. If they say, hey, this is a guard only, we know Green Bay values premium positions at that spot in the draft. So if they think he is just a guard, then at that point, maybe Green Bay would say, even if he lasts to pick 15, they might say, you know what, we're going to go in a different direction. We'd rather have a premium position player. If they value him as a multi-position offensive lineman that can play all five spots, like I think he can, I think he would absolutely be in play at 15. I think the harder thing might be the fact that will he actually be there at pick 15? But if he is, could easily see him be in play for Green Bay with all of that offensive line versatility that it would give them. That is going to do it for me today. I appreciate you joining me for a breakdown of Peter Skaronsky. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. A huge thank you. A huge, huge thank you to Mint Mobile for partnering with me on today's show. I will see you guys right back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go (music) pack.